This week on Honey, You Should Watch This, Greg chose 1993's Tombstone. And I've got to tell you, you need to square off. I am not your huckleberry. What are you, Cartman? <laughs> Kick somebody squaw in squaw, the nuts? Squaw in the nuts. It's my papa. It's my papa, kitty. Oh, this week is one of my favorite movies. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I love this movie. Well, before we get into that, I have something interesting to tie back to our last episode. What was our last episode? Our last episode was... Uh, what the fuck was it? Oh, no, you're the one. <laughs> Young adult. There you go. You're the one that's got something to tie in. I hope you know what movie that is. Sorry, <laughs> had a brain fart. <laughs> no worries. It happens. Young, young adult, because interestingly enough, when after we released Young Adult, um, I follow the YouTube channel The Take, and they do a lot of film analysis and character analysis videos. Um, and they've been doing a series of tropes in TV and cinema. Um, you know, both male and female. Okay. And they just did the woman child. They just released it like early this week. What's the woman child? The I'm woman sorry. child is like a woman in Arrested Development. Oh, okay. So they talk Much about like Charlie's char- Theron's character. Yep. They okay. talk. Well, they talk about Mavis and they talk about Annie in in Bridesmaids. They talked about you know the girls in Broad City, um, the girls and girls. You, you know those types of things. Girls and on girls. No, the girls in the. HBO series Girls. Oh, that's which I totally never, different. Never watched. Yeah, that's not <laughs> wrong podcast, baby. You're on the wrong <laughs> podcast. Um, so one of the things that they said is when comparing the the man in Arrested Development in movies versus the female character that's in Arrested Development in movies is that audiences expect a little bit more nuance and depth to provide insight into why the woman is in a state of arrested development. Whereas the guys, it's just this fun, you know, crazy quirky thing. Um, And they said um, that because bridesmaids was kind of the first of the, the women type of hang, like, cause when they came out, everybody thought it was like the female version of the hangover. Right. Yeah. And, um, so Paul Feig uh, was concerned when he was directing it that no one would like Annie. So they really made sure that they spent the time to kind of have her dwelling on the time when she was in a positive state of mind and she was trying to be that go get em girl with her bakery and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like very much what we were talking about, right? It's easy to like Annie because you can kind of relate to her and feel her pain. Whereas Mavis, they don't give you as many clues into why she is the way she is. And so she ultimately makes you uncomfortable. Gotcha. Okay. So. Well, nicely done. Thank you. You are welcome. All right. So, Tombstone. Yes, ma'am. Tombstone. I don't think there's a guy out there that doesn't like this movie. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah, this is is a guy's movie. 
um, it's not a guy's guy's movie. It's not like, you know, I mean, there's there's some nuance to this and some depth. Um, I will say that uh, there's a lot of things that I did not know about Tombstone, not the movie, but Tombstone, that I learned town. about this. And I also did not realize that this movie was as as close as it was to how it actually happened, even though it's it's different. You know what I mean? It's almost like they kind of did a little bit of research. It's not 100% congruent. No, but, it's not. But, I mean, it, most of what happened in this movie actually happened, maybe just not... We'll get we'll get to yep. it, but I, I was very surprised because I thought... I mean, I know about the shootout at the OK Corral, but I didn't know that it was that... Hist- I, I, you know, you always hear about the shootout at the OK Corral. You never realize it's something that's that big in American history was like, you know, 60 seconds. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? You're like, oh my God, it was this three and a half hour epic movie where they had 500 men shooting at each other behind water barrel. Nope. Pew, pew. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so to the foundational question behind every episode. Yep. Why did you have me watch this? Um, I had you watch this for a, a, a number of reasons. I think that um, Tombstone is, it's a fun Western movie. We we did Unforgiven, and mm-hmm. Unforgiven to me is a Western. Yeah. That's how Westerns used to be. There used to be a little bit of action in Westerns, but then there was always the big shoot 'em up scene at the end where the bad guy got the good guy, mm-hmm. sort of, and Unforgiven kind of turns out on its head. Um, but this was kind of a, it was a, an action-y Western movie because some things happened, some things went down. It wasn't, it wasn't all set up. It wasn't, you know, an hour of, hour and a half of setup. I also did it because I think that Val Kilmer's performance in this is absolutely amazing. It's out, it's incredible to me what he did with this character. He, he truly decided what he was going to do with the character he ran with it and every inch of what he did worked. And I mean, ooh, excuse me. I mean, it's, <laughs> haven't even had any beer. I mean, um, it's Kurt Russell. Oh, um, it's Kurt Russell. Okay. I mean, he, the, the computer wore tennis shoes. It's Snake Plissken. What? That was a Kurt Russell movie. That was a Disney oh. Kurt Russell movie. The computer wore tennis shoes. Okay. Kurt, it's, Kurt, it's Kurt Russell, baby. Okay. So, all right. I think this is a very good movie. Well, there was one thing that I didn't ex like. I went in with an expectation, and then I realized um, I was completely wrong. Um, and that's everybody quotes the "I'll be your Huckleberry" or "I'm your Huckleberry." I'm right? your Huckleberry. I'm your Huckleberry. And to me, before we even went in there, I I thought that that was like some kind of romantic thing, like "I'm your Huckleberry," you know, "I'm your well, I'm your Smoopsy Poo." I'm sure you found this out by doing the research, but that phrase has two meanings. Mm-hmm. One is, "I'm the man for the job." Yep. I'm I'm the perfect man for this job. The second one was. Apparently, the handle on a coffin is called a huckle, it's, and it has to do with being a pallbearer. Yeah, but it's not huckleberry. I'm your huckleberry. Exactly. Yeah. So, that, but that's what I'm getting at. It, it's a called a huckle, so you would be called the huckleberry. Thanks for letting me finish. Jesus Christ, it's just <laughs> like real life. No, um, it, it has two has two different meanings. And if you notice in the movie when he says it, you can kind of it kind of means both. Every yeah, time. Yeah, but I, I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe it's like he's telling his girlfriend he's going to be his, the smoopsy poo and that it's had a much more sinister meaning, you know? No God-fearing man <laughs> in, in 1880 <laughs> said, I'm your smoopsy poo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but Mikey says it. Mike Mike Wazowski says it in Monsters Inc. So well, okay, yeah, but that was not 1880. <laughs> we don't know. It's <laughs> true. We don't know what kind of parallel universe they live in in those monsters. True. So um, the next question is, I don't, I can't, I, I always forget our our format. I gotta start writing it down, like I always tell you. What did I think? No, no. Do, is that that's not this point? We don't ask. All right, do I ask you that now? Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Um, well, like you, do, do you, you want, want me to do the summary first? Yeah, do, do the summary. All first. right, we'll do the summary first. We'll get it right eventually someday. All right. So this is a long one. So settle in. Um, thank you, Wiki Wiki Wikipedia. Um, Tombstone is a 1993 American Western film directed by George P. Cosmatos and written by Kevin Jarry, who was the original director but was replaced in early production. The film is loosely based on events in Tombstone, Arizona, including the gunfight at the OK Corral and the Earp Vendetta Ride. Uh, it depicts a number of Western outlaws and lawmen, such as Wyatt Earp, William Brosius, Johnny Ringo, and Doc Holliday. In 1879, the members of an outlaw gang known as known to wear red sashes and called the Cowboys, led by Curly Bill, control and terrorize the Southwest. Wyatt Earp, a retired peace officer with a notable resita- uh, reputation, excuse me, he reunites with his brothers Virgil and Morgan in Tucson, Arizona, where they venture toward Tombstone to settle down. They encounter Wyatt's longtime friend, Doc Holliday, who is seeking relief in the dry climate from his worsening tuberculosis. Josephine Marcus and Mr. Fabian are also newly arrived with a traveling theater troupe. Meanwhile, Wyatt's common law wife, Maddie Baylock, has become is becoming dependent on landium. Slant means opium. Yep. Wyatt and his brothers begin to profit from a stake in a gambling emporium and, the sal- and a saloon when they have their first encounter with the cowboys. As tensions rise, Wyatt is pressured to help rid the town of the cowboys, though he is no longer a lawman. Curly bin... bin <laughs> law don't go around here, law dog. <laughs> Curly bin... Bill. Curly bin? Yeah, they, they sell those at Lowe's now. Curly Bill begins shooting at the sky after a visit to an opium den and kills Marshal Fred White in the process of relinquishing his firearms. Curly Bill is forcibly taken into custody by Wyatt. The arrest infuriates Ike Clanton and the other cowboys. Curly Bill stands trial but is found not guilty due to lack of witnesses. Virgil, unable to tolerate the lawlessness, becomes the new marshal and imposes a weapons ban within the city limits. This leads to a gunfight at the OK Corral in which Billy Clanton and the McLaurie brothers are killed. Virgil and Morgan are wounded and the allegiance of County Sheriff Johnny Behan with the Cowboys is made clear. As retribution for the cowboy deaths, Wyatt's brothers are ambushed, Morgan is killed, while Virgil is left handicapped. A despondent Wyatt and his family leave Tombstone and board a train, with Ike Clanton and Frank Stillwell close behind, preparing to ambush them. Wyatt sees his family leave safely and then surprises the assassins, and he kills Stillwell, but leaves Ike alive to send a message. Wyatt announces that he is the U.S. Marshal, a U.S. Marshal, and he intends to kill any man he sees wearing a red sash. Wyatt, Doc, a reformed cowboy named Sherman McMasters, Texas Jack Vermillion, and Turkey Creek Jack Johnson form a posse and seek revenge. 
Whew, that was a tough one to get through. I'm sorry, I stumbled. You did, a lot. You did just fine. A lot. You did just fine. All right. So let's uh, let's talk. There's a lot of people in this movie, so I'm gonna maybe try to stick with the principal cast here, but we'll go. Uh, Kurt Russell uh, plays Wyatt Earp, as you said. Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. Sam Elliott as Virgil Earp. Bill Paxton as Morgan Earp. Powers Booth as Curly Bill. Michael Behan as Johnny Ringo. Charlton Heston. As Henry Rooker, Jason Priestley as Billy Breckenridge, John Tenney as Sheriff Johnny Behan, Stephen Lang as Ike Clinton, and Thomas Hayden Church as Billy Clinton, and Dana Delaney as Josephine Marcus. Uh, it also has very early baby Michael Rooker's, Billy Bob Thornton's, and John Corbett's. Yes. Uh, it's not to c- correct you, it's Michael Bean plays Johnny Ringo. Michael His Bean. Michael I'm Bean. so sorry. That's My- okay. Michael, Michael Bean. Bean is um probably I probably messed up a ton of other names did, in there too. No, that's the only one I call yeah. it. <laughs> um, you have to give me props in doing this though, because as I'm reading this, the cat is attacking my leg. Yeah, that's because you I haven't kicked him yet. Scratching my leg, and I just felt this paw go. <laughs> no, you so. did a great. You did a great job. You did a great job. Knock it off. So, um, okay, this movie came out in 1993. I saw this movie in the theater, and. I liked it very much, even though I did not know that much about Tombstone. I just thought it was um, a really, uh, I just thought it was a really fun action movie. Um, I like Kurt Russell. I love Michael Bean. Michael Bean has been in some of the biggest movies in history, the greatest movies in history. He was um, he was in Terminator. He's the guy the guy that saves Linda Hamilton in Terminator, the one that comes back. He's in The Abyss. He is in Aliens. Uh, he has just got a great body of work, but he's never out in the forefront. He's just a really good character actor. Um, I mean, Bill Paxton. How do you not like Bill Paxton? Game over, you know, man. I mean, everybody, everybody loves him from some uh, Sam Elliott. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Whose greatest acting accomplishment in history was probably Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I know he was pretty good in... Uh... Oh, God, I can't think of the name now. Jeez. That, you're right. That was a great movie. <laughs> What's Hulk? That, that Coen Brothers movie. Oh, he was good in um, uh, The Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski, yes. Tim Elliott's good in everything he's in. The movie may not be good, but he's good. So, uh, I mean, that's kind of why I picked it. So, uh, I mean, let's just get down to it. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to say that um, I have not seen this movie before, obviously. Um, have been to Tombstone. Um, yeah, I know you kept telling me during the movie. <laughs> That's not like that. That's not like that. <laughs> and oh shit. Well, Tombstone right now, because we had gone uh, gone with my best friend and we went down um, further south than Tombstone. We went down to Bisbee, which is a very interesting town. Zombie capital of the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of ghosts, um, but it is, a, it is in a valley um, in almost to the border um, between Arizona and Mexico. Um, and it's copper mining town. Um, so we were more enamored, I think, with Bisbee that when we got to Tombstone, Tombstone at this point is just a tourist trap. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we didn't quite pay as much attention as we probably should have. Um, so I, mean, I had happens. to... I, I, I'm... I, I'm at you know if I, I liked the movie um but i also like the fact that now i had to like it had to force me into like 
actually relearning or learning the things that I might have not have learned um, while I was there. I got you. Good enough. What What did you expect from this? I mean, not knowing a lot about it or having seen it before. Um, I think I pretty much expect expected what I got. Um, like I said, it was good. I think the acting was good. Um, best part about it is Val Kilmer. Um, he does just a really good job with it. By far. Um, the thing that probably there, like I could have done without the love story at the end where he reunites with Josephine because a, it's historically all kinds of wrong. Um, yeah, but they do get together. They do get together, but that's not where they got together and that's not how they got together. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. I think it would have been much stronger had they just ended it, um, at sanatorium, um, with doc holiday dying. Sorry, spoiler alert, but you know, it's history. Um, you mean you mean the scene that that never happened in real life? <laughs> yeah, that oh, scene oh, that never oh, happened oh, in real okay. life. But I think it was stronger that that relationship between Doc Holliday and and Wyatt Earp was much stronger and much better set up than the whole the whole love story part of it was not at all interesting. But they needed you to know that the two of them got together and that they went on to do the things that they did. Yeah, so that, yeah. Th- maybe they didn't do it the proper way, but I mean, it was literally 30 seconds of the movie. So. Yeah, I, I just... Um, I got you. I think some of it, too, is it's get, like, uh, let's compare it to the other Western that we did, which was Unforgiven. Um, there was characters that were completely kind of um, they they weren't they weren't black or white, right? They 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 were muddled, right? And we talked about that a lot. Um, uh, you know, right. they were human. Um, they I think attempt to do this, but because it is Hollywood and it needs to have that theatric theatricality to it, the things that are done to make the cowboys more of the villains and the Earps more of the heroes in this whole story, mm-hmm. they don't. I don't want to say they don't hold up because I've never seen it before, but it, it it it's not it was not as resonant as the way they set up the characters in Unforgiven. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Well, they're they're banking on the fact that you know who Wyatt Earp is, right? Okay, uh, which is actually ironic because uh, one of the things that I like doing th- about this podcast the most is that, well, A, I get to sit across the table from you for a couple hours every week. <laughs> Two is when I, I, w- w- every other week I'm picking a movie that I like, yeah. right? And I get to do research on the movie that I would not normally think to do simply because I'm too busy. And I like learning a lot of things about the movies that I care about and, and things in movie, the movies you care about too. It's neat. It's kind of neat to me to learn because I've always kind of liked trivia. I always, you know, like a sports, I want to... Yeah. So... Digging into this, it was kind of interesting to to learn some of the things that they were banking on you knowing. For instance, everybody knows who Wyatt Earp is. Everybody knows who Wyatt Earp is. Nobody knows who Virgil Earp is. Right. Yet, yet Virgil was the more successful and more sustained lawman. Mm-hmm. He did it longer. He even did it after he'd been shot. He, he went to California and became a sheriff, uh, a marshal or so. You know what I mean? I think that there's uh, also doing research on this. You come to find out that Wyatt Earp may not have been the golden child right. that everybody thinks he was. Uh, there was a person that actually made some comments. Uh, they wrote a book because uh, Wyatt 
went on with uh, Josephine. Was that her name? Josephine. Josephine. And they, you know, blah, blah, blah. He became a consultant to Hollywood in the golden picture, in the, in the, Mm -hmm. in the silver. Right. That's why they talk about the actor being at his funeral. Yeah. And stuff like that. Um, uh, there was a person that knew him and had known him for a long time that said he was a pimp. He was dishonest. He was he was basically in it because he wanted to make money, which... Well, most lawmen were because you got a portion of the taxes. So, yeah. Right. So, when him... And, and you know what? I always kind of wondered about why he felt it was completely okay to go into Tombstone and make all this money. If he was this great lawman and he had this great calling, he was the only one in the movie that was like, fuck him. I've 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 done my I've done my time. Right. I mean, that's essentially what he said when Virgil's like, I walk down the street, I can't look these people in the eye, and I'm trying to make money off of them. Virgil's like, eh, and Wyatt's like, eh, we already did what we <laughs> needed to do. Let's just go have an app. You know what I mean? So right. And and even though they they make him out as in this movie, they make him out as a saint. Like, yeah. no way am I ever going to have sex with that woman because I love my wife. Guys cheated all the fucking time his, back well, then. His wife, well, his wife was a common law wife, first of all. They were not legally married on paper. Um, all of the Earps that were portrayed in the movie, all of their wives were former prostitutes. Um, well, you want a woman but, who knows what's going down. So, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> um what I, you know, and that's what I think that like they play this moral rightness of the herbs when I think it probably would have been more interesting had you had Kurt Russell play Wyatt Earp a little bit more mediocre, uh, not mediocre, um, kind of like down the middle, this gray, gray area. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so, I mean, and they, but they had like even the beginning when the priest is yelling at the, the cowboys when they come in and they kill, kill the, the, the couple getting married and uh-huh. you know that you know that it's foreshadowed you know that the 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 pale rider is coming for you so you know and that is setting up Wyatt Earp to be you know this instrument of God when he is not that way right and that's probably why I find the Val Kilmer um the Doc Holliday character so much more interesting he don't he doesn't make any any ask, you know, he doesn't say. Doc Holiday is about Doc Holiday. Doc Holiday is about Doc Holiday. Doc Holiday is is not about trying to make you think he's good or bad. He doesn't make any excuses for who he is. He just is who he is, and that's why he's great that way. Now, if they played off Earp that way, maybe they wouldn't have had that good buddy buddy combination that they had there. Um, you know, them being good friends, and I think for the Hollywood portion of it, they needed to do it that way. But well, they were good friends. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I mean, but the fact that, you know, one's a little bit more morally upstanding and the other one's just kind of in it for the booze and the money and the, you know, yeah. all that. So, um, I don't know. I just I just kind of feel like how how would have this played out if they had let them be as morally gray? Because the cowboys and the Earps, they're really in in real life. They really wasn't wasn't really worse than the other. You know, <laughs> well, I think I think that when you do something like that, you do have to be really careful uh, because of the litigiousness of this country. Um, it would it, making a movie like this and kind of shitting on Wyatt Earp would be like trying to make a movie and 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 insinuating that Cary Grant uh, talking about his sexuality, because mm-hmm. even though there's rumors out there that he was a homosexual, his his estate has vehemently denied it. And there's no proof. There's right. just, you know what I mean? So if you if you make a movie about how Wyatt was, well, you know, he was kind of a, 
he was kind of a you know a, a, a a, not a masochist, a misogynist, mm, right. you know, and he was only, you know what, you kind of, you know. There are no direct descendants of Wyatt Earp, though. They are Earp, probably Earp descendants, but they are none of Wyatt. Right. So, yeah. But, but you know what I mean? Also, you're basing this movie on Wyatt Earp. Mm-hmm. You, this was 1993, really before it was kind of acceptable to have your hero be like an anti-hero. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I I see why they did it that way. We know after looking into it that it, that's not how it went down. But even though they did change some of the stuff around, they did leave pretty much the core of the story intact. Right. Um, there's, there's some things that got omitted. Uh, there's a lot of things that probably got omitted because when they started making this movie, this movie was supposed to be three and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. And they ran into serious budget issues. Uh, they lost the director... Um, the original director, all he filmed were the scenes with Charlton Heston, and then he he was gone. I can't remember why why he left. Yeah. But then they brought in this other guy. This other guy was actually recommended by Kurt Russell, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, Sylvester Stallone. Because he directed um, Cobra, because you know it ends in an A. Ends in an A. And uh, he also directed Rambo: First Blood Part Two. You know, the, the second one. Yeah. yeah. Now, even though he was the director. Kurt Russell directed the movie. The other guy was just kind of there for inspiration. He was and, a secret director. Yeah, he was a secret director. So, and and if that w- if Kurt Russell took the role because he wanted Wyatt to be, you know, because he looked up to Wyatt Earp, he is definitely not going to paint him with any. Oh no! Any I bad mean, there was strokes. there was a little bit more whitewashing than than yeah. and, and you know, for real. Holly, Hollywood called for it, right? One so. of the things that I think that they did in this movie exceptionally well was the way that they portrayed and set up the Doc Hollywood character. And Doc the, Hollywood? Doc Hollywood. They, oh, jeez. <laughs> Michael Keaton, or Michael, Michael Keaton, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Michael, Michael J. J. Fox, Fox, you finally got to do a Western that wasn't Back to the Future 3. Um, <laughs> Doc Holliday. Doc Holliday. The Doc Holliday character, and the scene that I'm referring to explicitly is the first scene where you meet him and he's playing cards. And mm-hmm. he's, he's like, why, why such and such? Are you cross? Well, it would just tear me up if we can't be friends. So the guy comes at him. He stabs him. Mm-hmm. And then and he, he, and he took the money off the table that was his because he won that hand. Mm-hmm. Whether he cheated or not, he won that hand. But as he walks out, he takes four stacks of money off the roulette table just because he wanted to take some money off the roulette table. Well, Big Nook's case taking the money behind the bar, so you know they're just yeah. So it, <laughs> just it, here's the stick up. Yep the way the way that the way that they did that and they set him up, but then they make him this righteous dude. Not, no, he was not the dude. They make him they make him righteous almost dude. almost like uh, you know Michael is the archangel, right? Mm-hmm. They they like he's like he is God's right hand man and he is sent here to cleanse the earth cleanse the earth of the cowboys just because they wronged his friend. Mm-hmm. So it was it was really I, I really was in I was really interesting to me the way that they did that with him and knew that he was going to die and didn't stop drinking didn't stop whoring didn't stop smoking didn't stop gambling in fact when the doctor told him he had to stop he told him to get his shit and get out so i just really liked the way that they did that with him and it really to me it made that that character that much better um i have not seen wyatt earp 
the one with Kevin which, Costner and Dennis which Quaid. I believe is more true to it's, the actual it, it historical is events. Very long, and it has all the brothers in it—the brothers that got left out of this one and everything. James and yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know if I want to watch it because even though it might be really good, I, I don't want to see Doc Holliday any other way except the way he portrayed him. I think he did that good of a job. That's just me. Okay. The um I you know overall I thought it was it was very entertaining. Um a lot of people in this cast so it was kind of hard to keep track of who was who and why. <laughs> I've, I've seen it so many times that I yeah. know it, but yes, there's a lot to pay attention to and keep up with if this is the first time you've seen it. Right. Like you have no idea they should have given you a cutscene at the end, when they were at Charlton Heston's, uh, I can't remember the character's name, at Charlton Heston's ranch, mm-hmm. and they were like, what's that sound? And they drove, and they's like, they got McMasters. Mm-hmm. And Michael Rooker was only in this movie for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. He had like five lines. Right. You don't really see McMasters' face enough to realize who it is right. if you don't know it's McMasters. Yeah, they did cut the scene where he, he goes out to talk to the cowboys, mm-hmm. and... Toward the end of the scene, you know he's going to get killed. Yeah. Um, I guess there is also a cutscene too with um, Jason Priestley um, as Billy Breckenridge um, taking revenge um, for killing the theater guy. I can't remember the theater guy's yes. name. Yes, and uh, I do not like the way that they portrayed Jason Priestley's character. They. I thought it was. I'm like Jason Priestley. Wow, and they've like they put him way up in the credits, and he just had this teeny tiny little yeah. role. Um, Jason, uh, the Breckenridge character in real life was known for being able to beat the shit out of people, mm-hmm. and he was extremely good with a pistol. Mm-hmm. Um, they made that character very effeminate, and basically. As far as I'm concerned, they were basically telling you that he was gay. Yeah, because that's the reason why he was upset about Mr. Fabian, who is not a real person. No, he's not. No, he was fabricated for yep, this whole he thing. He was fabricated. Um, let's go with some of the things that they had got right historically, because okay. I think that that's what we can talk about. The shootout at the OK Corral was pretty much dead on, with the exception of when Ike jumped into the photo booth, the photo place, the where, the, where Dana Delaney was getting her picture taken. Mm-hmm. Um he did not grab a pistol and shoot out the window. He ran. And when he decided to declare himself a non-participant, mm-hmm. the Earps, because of their ethics, did, okay. not, did not shoot at him. Ethics they did, they did not shoot him. Yeah, okay. Um, they did not shoot at the one that was unarmed that mm-hmm. they showed falling through the fence. That was John Corbett, I think. Yep. The other part that's inaccurate is Doc Holliday actually got shot at OK Corral. He took a he got grazed on the hip. Almost everything else there is pretty much the way it went down. They said, except that there was more shooting than what you saw in the movie. Josephine ha- had left Tombstone before the yeah that's, shootout that's, at the OK Corral. That picture that's supposed to be famous that was supposed to have taken place there, mm. they've traced it back and found out that it was taken like in 1913, and it was a, 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 a basically a prostitute that was in the mo- in the picture, but. The shootout itself went down pretty pretty much the way it happened. Uh, Virgil did get ambushed mm-hmm. and shot, uh, and Morgan did get killed. Uh, the problem is, is that it happened about three and a half months apart, three months apart, because I think Virgil got shot on December twenty eighth mm-hmm. of eighteen eighty, mm-hmm. and Morgan got killed December or March twenty eighth of eighteen eighty one. And and here's we're trying because they they had they had this like and the the women were never shot at. 
right? Okay. All right. Yes, that's they correct. They were never shot at. But they had this all going down where um, they attack Virgil, they shoot the women, and then later that night they shoot Morgan. Morgan. Um, because they're trying to to box it into the the Hollywood. Let's make the film as short as we can, mm-hmm. and 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 you know build up this tension, and and you know it gets us into our third act where Wyatt, you know, does his his kind calls of, down the thunder, called down the thunder, and bringing hell with him. Um, that a lot. Like I've listened to a couple of of other podcasts. Um, that talk about this movie as just kind of a critique and that it's always like, why on earth after all this went down, would you have some, would you be a playing pool and B have your back to a window? Mm -hmm. Right. So they're trying to play it out the way it went down somewhat because he did get shot when he was playing pool, but they just tried to put it all into one night Yes, and make it this dramatic thing. They they had to speed it up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. and 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 that's understandable. Um, uh, the theater that they were in, the Birdcage, was not built until 1881. Mm-hmm. So that timeline is off a little bit. Uh, the Ike Clanton character is real. Uh, all the characters are real. But Ike Clanton, oh, go ahead. Were you going to go? No, I guess go ahead. Ike, Ike Clanton was never really a member of the Cowboys. He was a rancher who bought stolen cattle from the Cowboys, and his brother was in the Cowboys, but he was never officially a member. That is correct. Um, Curly Bill did actually shoot the sheriff. But he was not... The marshal. He was not let off because there was no witnesses. He was let off because the the, the preacher did not die, or the sheriff did not die immediately, and told the judge it was an accident. It was. Yeah, it was. One of the things that they do not portray in this movie that actually happened in real life is that even though the cowboys were, and I'm air quoting this, a gang... Because mm-hmm. that's what they were. They did obey the law when they got in trouble with the law. Yes, they stole cattle. Yes, they they would ride people down that killed one of them and kill them. But when they got arrested, they would Curly Bill was I mean, they they yep, here you go. You got mm-hmm. me. You're letting me go. They didn't they weren't just like lawless thugs. Right. They they actually kind of did have order, and Curly Bill was not actually the leader. The real leader was killed about eight months before Tombstone happened, um, <laughs> stealing <See>? cattle. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, events in Tombstone, not Tombstone. Yes, the events itself. of Tombstone. Yes, yes. Uh, Johnny Ringo was actually a lawman himself. Yes, he was. Um, at, at one point in his life, yep. and kind of he drifted between being a criminal and, and not being a criminal yes. throughout his life. That scene. Is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Which scene? Johnny Ringo and Doc Holliday. Which when they when they shoot it out when they when they when it goes down. I'm your Huckleberry. Yep. Um, I love the dialogue there. Mm-hmm. I love that they showed that Doc Holliday was the undisputed gunman of the West at the time because mm-hmm. even though Johnny Ringo was a badass, he said to him, "I got no quarrel with you." He said, "Oh, I beg to differ. We started a game we never finished. A game for blood." Johnny Ringo was ruled a suicide. Yes. They say he killed himself. Because he didn't have his boots on. Supposedly. Well, the, the story was that he had his boots off on the horse. Mm-hmm. And what they would do is 
and and it's still a problem there today. Scorpions. Scorpions. They would not leave their boots on the ground, and they think the horse got spooked and ran off because they found his horse about a mile away with his boots on it. For some reason, he was found at uh, Turkey Creek, um, leaned up against a, 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 fa- a hollowed log or a fallen tree, mm-hmm. and he had a, a gunshot wound through his temple uh, and a gun in his hand. So they think that he killed himself. I know that they had to do that for Hollywood's sake, and mm-hmm. it's a great scene, but, you know. Uh. Johnny Ringo is still is buried um, not far from where they found him. Yes, and that, that he should be because he was a great. I don't. I don't really <laughs> but, but I mean, I I think that if you look at the historical accuracy, air quotes, mm-hmm. that I understand why they did what they did. I I I think that they just took a little bit of poetic license with it. Mm-hmm. Um, even you said, Boot Hill's not that close to Tombstone, right? You Downtown's, know, yeah. And they admit that in the goofs that it's they that yeah. was just a set. You know what I mean? They they had to they had to so um I guess there's a director's cut out there that I've never seen. I need to get my hands on it. I want to watch the scene. There's several scenes that are deleted. Okay. Um th- from the movie uh just because of the time time issue and the money issue, but I as far as watching this movie, I I think it's a very fun movie. I I don't have a lot of problems with it. Mm-hmm. There's a handful of things that I'm like, "Why would, you know, but there's it, to me even when it's not the vengeance ride Mm-hmm. It's vendetta ride the vendetta ride. There's just so many things that are kind of being put in motion, and the characters that are talking back and forth. That I just I love the scenes and I love the dialogue. I love it. the The scene where there where uh, Johnny Ringo's drunk and he comes out on the on the the street, is ready to just get down and shoot every one of the herps. And Holiday comes off of the barber's chair and he goes, "I'm your Huckleberry." Uh, 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 Johnny, what are you doing, you crazy son? <laughs> and they drag him off. Yeah, I'm going to kill everyone. I, I just love the interaction for, from the characters. And I have to wonder how real that is. Not as funny because they, they're going to funny it up and, and cool it up for the for the movie. But how often that happened, especially in a town that had that many people. Right. And they said at that time, Tombstone would have only had about three wooden buildings and a whole shitload of tents because they said there would have been about 7,000 people there. Not counting... <laughs> And this cracks me up, not counting the Mexicans, the Chinese, or the Irish, <laughs> because they gave those people zero credence at that time. So I, I just, I enjoy it very much. Well, I, the thing that they, they do say, let me see if I can find it here, um, what they did kind of get right about um, Wyatt. You can riff for a second while I'm Thanks for listening, folks. We really appreciate it. <laughs> All right. So what they said was um, that Wyatt or um, even, you know, they said he didn't like to get in gunfights, right? And he never really, I don't think he ever really got, I think maybe got shot once. He never got he shot. Got, he, well, he got grazed a lot, like he'd be holes in his coats and stuff like that. Yeah, but, but he he never received physical damage from a gunshot. Right. Um, he was known as being an incredibly fair lawman. Um, but when it came to using his gun, he was more likely to use his pistol as a club. Yes. And not shoot somebody. So he wouldn't kill him. He'd hurt him. 
Um, and that was capacity. You know, yep. did, uh, incapacitate them. There yeah. we go. Um, that was another inaccuracy. Uh, Ike actually did get knocked out, um, but it wasn't. I don't think it was by Virgil. I think it was by Wyatt, and it was out in the street. It wasn't in the. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. and I think they said that there was also someone that um, Tom McLaurie, when he pistol whips Tom McLaurie after he challenges him to a fight, in reality he just assaulted him. Yeah, there was no provocation. So, um, so that that kind of was a tense situation all the, the way with that Nike. So, yeah, it is what it is. Yep. Um, let's turn, talk about the movie. I mean, I. I feel like they've tried to put a lot into this because obviously they're trying to put historical events into what was that a ninety-minute movie? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's runtime is like a hundred. Yeah. No, it's runtime's almost two hours. Go ahead, I'll pull it up. But talk talk for you. All right. Um, so I mean, I think like I said, there there are certain parts of it where they're trying to be historically accurate and they're trying to put the the quote unquote wives in there and um, the r- romantic you know, horse ride between Dana Delaney and, and Kurt Russell and two hours and 10 minutes, two hours. And when, you know, when the horses are kind of, she's the horses she's riding is in heat and, you know, they're, they're trying to do a little picnic and the horses are nuzzling and all that stuff. Um, horses would have been going to town on each other. No, I'm kidding. Um, so some of those scenes I'm like, okay, just, not so much into it. I would have probably liked to explore a little bit more of those other characters. Just, and I think it's more because, you know, you see it back then, you probably didn't, you know, we didn't know a lot of who these characters were. Like Billy Bob Thornton, that's probably his first movie role if I didn't look it up, but he was, he was not how we remember Billy Bob Thornton. He was kind of, he was a little chubby little baby in that thing. Um, uh, John Corbett, um, Thomas Hayden Church, you know, all those those characters, um, we probably wanted to see them a little bit more because we know their body of work now, right? Yeah. Versus then. So that's um, kind of hard for me to, to make that. Billy Bob Thornton's first acting credit was 1986. Oh, was it? Yeah, nothing major. Okay. He was in Going Overboard with Adam Sandler. I don't know how important I don't know he was. what that is. He was Dave. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody does. Um, it was, uh, you know, definitely interesting that they're trying to to put some of the the highlighted uh, features that you know people will go to as uh, tourist uh, destinations when mm-hmm. they are in uh, in Tombstone. So the birdcage being one of them. The, um, it was a theater, long, but it did become a brothel. So yes, there was a there's a part where they're when they first come into Tombstone, they have the headstone there that says, "Here lies Earl" or something. Forty five, no less, no more. Oh, here lies whatever. Lester, like, Lester yeah, Moore. Yeah, that's supposed to that's supposed to really be in that Tombstone. Is, that is that is in really in Boot Hill. Yeah, I went to Boot Hill, so that's it's there. Did you buy boots? I did not buy boots. No, oh, Jesus, did not because of scorpions. Uh, probably, yeah. Um, I, I agree with you. I would. I think. I think when you take on a movie like this, that's kind of that's got this epic, epicness to it, and that, that that's yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna trademark that well, that's epic epicness. Epi- most westerns are epic. Yeah, yeah. you know, you but, know but, it's a small western. But we have we have a true story that has a lot of moving parts in it. Yeah, and 
you added parts and left out a lot of parts, like the Billy Zane right. character. You let you could have you could have you're right. Maybe give us a little more of the cowboys. Yeah. Maybe maybe show us how the West really was, because the West there was a there was a lot of lawlessness, but on the other hand, there wasn't a lot of lawlessness. For instance, the one scene where um, they're standing in the street talking to Doc Holliday, the Earps are, and the guy comes out of the the saloon and they're shooting at each other, and it was Turkey Creek Jack Johnson and the other guy, and he's like, it was a fair fight, it was a fair fight. He you know he raised blah blah, and he goes, well, what happened? He goes, well. He called me a liar. What the fuck? <laughs> what? Jesus. I'd, I'd have gotten 80 likes life sentences. You know what I mean? But but, yeah. but on the other hand, even though they had just shot this guy in the street and killed him, they were like, hey, we did it the way we're supposed to do it. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I also think, because one of the most interesting characters, aside from Doc Holliday in this movie, is um, is Ringo. Oh, for sure. Um, he's an educated man. Um, he kind of goes mano a mano there with um, on on the wit scale there with with Doc Holliday. Um, you there's the part that when they are sitting in the Birdcage Theater and they're watching the Faust, and you know he's uh, Curly Bill asked him, you know, you know what would you do if you had sold your soul? And he basically said, I already did. That kind of goes nowhere, right? You don't find out why he would say that, right? You. Don't. I feel like it was just an easy way for them to go. You know what? He's troubled. Yeah. You know, I mean, exactly. Was, we've got thirty yeah. seconds to wrap up Johnny Ringo, <laughs> and, and we're just gonna. You know what? Sold my soul to the go. devil. With All the right. Bow. What? With what? Did, what'd you Here get? You A candy bar? I, what? Yeah. What? Exactly. I, and, I agree. And um, I mean, the that's probably one of the the better scenes is when they're in the the Oriental at the Pharaoh table and you've got doc holiday kind of squaring off with with ringo and they start talking in latin mm-hmm. and um i uh went to the tv tropes web- website and uh they actually translated that conversation imdb will translate it for you as well go yeah. ahead because it's kind of funny yeah it, where uh doc holiday starts with in vino veritas um which in latin means in wine um is truth um and they they kind of translate it to mean Doc Holliday. I forget what precedes what comment precedes that, but Doc Holliday is saying I meant exactly what I said. And Ringo says "Age Quaragis," which I hope I pronounced that right, uh, which means "Do what you're going to do," uh, aka "Bring it on." Yep. Um, credat- uh, also, also can be said, "I'm your Huckleberry." Okay, go ahead. I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> um, Codat Judeus appella non ego, which means may the Jew appella not I believe it, which means tell it to somebody who cares. That's what Doc Holiday says. Right. Um, Leventus stultorum magister, youth is the teacher of fools. And that's when he says, allow me to teach you a lesson. In pace requisat, may he rest in peace. Doc Holiday, it's your funeral. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's but that was that's probably one of the best exchanges in that movie is the two of them. Um it's a very as tense, equals. Yeah, you know, a very and, tense exchange too. Yeah. Yeah, but entertaining nonetheless. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um they said that Val Kilmer decided to give Doc Holiday that southern drawl. Well, he was from the he was from the south. He was a he cousin was... of the woman who wrote Gone with the Wind. Margaret Atwood. There it is. 
Scar- no, Scarlett O'Hara. No. He was Scarlett O'Hara's he cousin. Was <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he was. They're, they're seen. They're clearly seen in the beginning of the movie yeah, having the, a picnic the, together. The, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so um, he was. He was. He was. A, he was a Southern gentleman. Yeah. yeah. And he actually worked and worked and practiced on his draw so that it would look mm-hmm. believable, which I always loved how everybody always has their hand kind of moving and he just has his finger tapping the hit the, the itchy trigger so, finger. So fucking good. Um, Val Kilmer, um, when he's at in the first scene where you meet him and he's at the, uh, the table and he's flipping the coin between his fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, he does that a lot in movies. Um, they did it in um, the greatest war movie ever. Um, Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun. Mm-hmm. He did it with a pencil, and I forgot the other movie. He did something very similar. The so Saint. That, was it the Saint? I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. I'm just naming um, the three movies Val that you know. Movies that that I know. Did he do it in real? Did he do it in real genius? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. But yeah, there's there are two other movies that he did you know, did that in, and that's just kind of a thing that he does. So. They added that in there, a little flair. Well, it would be something that someone like him Some would flair. do at the table. Yeah, in that back then it would, because uh, the whole intimidation factor. Plus, I mean, you know, you knew who Doc Holliday was. You you knew mm-hmm. if you were back then, you knew who Doc Holliday was. Why would you play poker against him? <laughs> <laughs> you you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, one of the things that's. Um, not true is when somebody says in the movie, why would you buck the Pharaoh table? All the odds are on the house. Apparently they were very, very slim for the house. Mm-hmm. It was almost a 50, 50 game. And if Curly Bill would have truly won that 500 bucks when he made that bet, it would have been about $6,700 today. Wow. Yeah, so when he when he won five hundred dollars, that's why he said, "Shut up, Ike." That was a lot of damn money back then. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, you law dogs. Um, anything else standing out to you about this movie? Uh, one of the one of the inaccuracies was they show um, Wyatt when he decides to. You might as well go ahead and deputize me, and he goes and gets his pistol. Yeah, that is not the type of pistol he carried. He did not carry that. He carried he carried the pistol. That Virgil used at okay, Crow. Yeah, okay. no, hold uh, on, no, hold on. I well, I mean, that's okay. That's that's just the reaccuracies. Let's talk about the movie. Oh no, no, I know. I was just talking <laughs> about the whole like ninety second dead air we had there. Okay, no, that's yeah, fine. I'm sorry. You, so, so what are you saying? Are you asking? Do I have questions at this point? No, what? no, I'm asking. Just think if there's something you want to talk about this movie. I mean, the one thing that I had a little bit a little bit of impatience with, I think, is is the vendetta ride. There were some cool things in the vendetta ride, and there were things that you were like, "Oh, come on," <laughs> using the horse as a a kind of a, a shield and then ducking under the horse's head and shooting your gun or shooting I mean, your rifle with one hand, you know, you <laughs> all can, that. Fool. You can shoot a rifle with one hand. You you can do it. You uh, won't be accurate, but... Well, yeah. probably not, no. Um, but if I remember correctly, I don't know if that was a rifle or a shotgun. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be pretty accurate with a shotgun with one hand, especially if you have the right spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, shooting the rifle with one hand, definitely not. And... I don't I can't honestly say this because I don't I don't I can't say that I it for 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 sure 
I don't know what size rifle that was. If that was like a 22 rifle, those don't have a lot of kick. Um, I don't think it would have been a 22. I think it probably would have been something bigger, like a, a, a you know, a, a, I can't even remember the name. Of the, the, there's there's some bigger gauge rifles that have some pretty pretty big kickback. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was a lot of the action sequences that were not the handshake on horses and yeah, yeah, just, just the little the little things. But you know, I, that was that was them Hollywooding so it up. Yeah, let's, that's really cool. It's uh, cool. Were, but yeah. there was a lot of guys back then. Um, and this was, I mean, they pretty much learned it from the Indians. Mm-hmm. They learned to ride and steer with their legs so that you had both hands free for the That's, bow and arrow yeah. or for the to, to aim the gun and to reload and things like that. They didn't show a lot of this because it's my understanding that most of the actors did all their own horse riding stunts. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody's super comfortable running a horse at a full gallop and not holding on. You, you know what I mean? Right. So I, I get that. Yeah. Um, the one that thing that is not an inaccuracy is the walking on water scene that happened not exactly the way it did, but that was a, a fun scene to watch. And that through. truly was, you could tell that the director was a Rambo director because that had a feeling of Rambo all up in it. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that he didn't do like Rambo is he had a shirt on. Rambo would have had a shirt off. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do have to remember everybody's like, oh, that's such bullshit. We do have to remember that pistols and guns back then were not as accurate as you might think. No. Um, they said that the gunfight at OK Corral lasted about 30 seconds, mm-hmm. and there was 60 shots fired, and they were about 10 paces apart. If you shoot at somebody from 10 feet away today, even mm-hmm. if you've never shot a pistol before, you're probably going to hit them. That's really close. I actually had bought, um, I don't know if they were replicas, um, of for my brother that were um bullets from the civil war okay that they used and like a bullet was probably about like that and then they had the small little spherical pellet Mm -hmm. you know um so that wasn't that far off from the civil war so you probably aren't going to be as accurate with the gun nor the ammunition so there were a significant advances from the civil war to that in the fact that a lot of the rifles that you used in the Civil War were, I'm not going to call them muskets, but you had to load them and pack them, mm-hmm. and then you had the flintlocks because they could be mass-produced. Also, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure, in between the Civil War and this era, they had invented the smokeless gunpowder. Okay. So um, it was significantly more powerful um, and more accurate, but... Like a Civil War rifle, I mean, you could shoot at a tree right next to it, and it was just, it was, oh, you hit somebody? Well, congrats. You know, it was like throwing dice and and hoping for two sixes. (laughs) So um, I I can get that. I know that rifles were a little more accurate than pistols were, Mm -hmm. uh, but pistols were, you know, obviously for closer range. But, um, yeah, a lot of the shooting and things that happened that they did during the Vendetta ride absolutely 100% was Hollywooded up hardcore. I mean, we've talked about it. The whole movie was Hollywooded up. Yeah, oh, definitely. For, for, for real. I mean, definitely. I mean, yeah. That That is the biggest difference between this and The Unforgiven to me. Even though I enjoy them both very much, The Unforgiven was, it was meant to be extremely raw, extremely real, and extremely, like, accurate isn't the word I'm looking for, but, you know, extremely, this is how it would have happened. Right. Whereas Tombstone was like, hey, we've got this story. 
we can yeah let's we can Schwarzenegger it up and yep. you know what I mean and yep. and they did and and, yeah. and and I'm not gonna lie to you I'm okay with it. It occurs to me when I was explaining to you the size of the busket pellet that um, I said like this and nobody's gonna not gonna know what that is. So it's, was, it was about the size of like a like a regular size gumball, not the super big ones you get and think, but a little yeah, yeah so yeah. Uh, the, I, the was gonna, I was going to I was going to say something, but I didn't want to crush no, your that's your, okay. your groove there. No, you, that's you, fine. you had you it going can, on. You can we can we can banter. That's what this whole thing's about. I mean, I didn't want to um, kill your momentum, is what I was. Oh, at. okay. Um, I not to get back into what's historically incorrect and and what isn't. I mean, because one of the things that's turning point in this movie is Virgil, right? Because yep. he's the cowboys are rambunctiously running through town. They almost hit a kid. He picks the kid up, you know, because he's a hero. Um, Sam Elliott. And he decides that he's going to become the marshal. Um, After the marshal had died, um, Virgil temporarily was deputized as the marshal or whatever they call it, um, sworn in as the marshal. Um, But he was only the marshal for a short time because they had to have an election. And he did run. Um, but he lost to yep. somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, that person was the person that did the no firearms law. It was not Virgil. Um, Correct. Now, Virgil stayed on as a lawman. Um, and when I can't remember the name of the the sheriff, um, I had heard what was it? He he. Um, I well, can't no, remember the name. You're right. I can't remember the name either. Um, and I'll probably post that because it's uh, based on a true story is where I heard it. It's a podcast called Based on a True Story, and it explores these movies that are based on a true story. And he actually does a very good job of doing the research. Um, what happened is this, um, this the marshal that had been elected had had um, some, fi- said he had financial troubles and kind of took a hiatus to try to take care of them, and then he never came back. Yeah, he asked for leave of absence. So and Virgil, so Virgil became the, yeah. He got nomi- he not nominated, he got appointed mm-hmm. by... Yeah, they didn't um, want to do the elections anymore. Yep, yeah, he, got, he, got, he, got nom- he got appointed by, um, I can't remember if it was a governor or a, a whatever of the state, mm-hmm. and it was kind of controversial because... Uh, Virgil was supposed to be, and I can't remember which way it was, but like one was a Republican and the other one was a Democrat. But apparently there was something something there that they needed to, I can't remember what it was, but nobody understood why he got appointed because mm-hmm. it would be like, you know, Trump appointing Hillary as his vice president. It would just, it didn't make any sense to them back then. So yeah, that that's, but again, Virgil had the better, longer, more sustained, more meaningful career as a lawman and nobody until this movie knew who the hell Virgil Herp was so <laughs> yeah you know uh, hey Sam Elliott yeah uh, <laughs> what do you say we take a break and come back and actually talk about the movie that sounds like a good idea awesome hey guys this is Greg and this is Mike and we are the hosts of the top five for fighting podcast it is really a laid-back podcast where we talk about pretty much anything we want to talk about movies fun Fun movies. And more fun sports movies. And this really started with me and Greg getting in trouble talking about this exact stuff at work. So if you want to hang out with your buddies, have a good time and talk about stuff that you're going to talk about anyway, come come, come, hang out with us. It's like an evening hanging out with your buddies. Except we're not able to share a beer because you're not here. 
We are available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. Look us up. You'll be glad you did. Okay, welcome back. We're back. Okay, so I'll start off with a couple things about the All movie right. that I would... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Before we do... That's oh, right. I, I, I want to... <laughs> Before we do, I want to just like indulge me one thing about the historical accuracy. So they had it was eighteen eighty seven. Eighteen eighty. Eighteen eighty. Hold on a second. Just take a look at my notes here. So eighteen seventy nine, right, is mm-hmm. when Wider came to Tombstone. Mm. It was supposed to be like seventy nine, eighty, eighty one. Right. So he came to Tombstone. Doc Holliday did not join until, because he came in December. True. Uh, Doc Holliday did not join him until the October yes. of the next year. Something like that, yeah. Um, Josephine did not show up in town until about a year later. Josephine didn't show up until after the birdcage was built. Because there would have been nowhere for them yeah. to perform. Well, she wasn't really there as a theatrical thing either. She the the mayor or the sheriff sheriff Behan Behan mm-hmm. um, Behan had uh, met her and written to her um, and promised her marriage that's why she came to town she was up in Prescott I believe Prescott Arizona which is another cool place Prescott that Prescott not uh, <laughs> um, another cool place that we need to visit um, along with you know okay so your point so um, <laughs> <laughs> what. I was just like riffing here. Um, so wait, hold on, hold on. You cut me off of something I was going to say, <laughs> so you could riff. No, no, no. So okay, so she didn't show up till late. She didn't stay in town that long because she left right before the OK Corral. Correct. So there wouldn't have been a no. whole lot of time for her no. and, and Wyatt to to be as 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 pure uh, as he didn't want to get involved with her because he was married kind of deal. Uh-huh. Something had it gone uh-huh, down. Uh-huh, uh-huh, so. uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I think he probably nailed her. So <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was getting at. <laughs> no, okay. so, so what I was going to say is okay. we were talking we talk about the movie. Uh, there's a couple things that I would change about this movie. Uh, and the first one is, and this is not sexist or misogynist we did not need all the women stuff in this movie i didn't need to know about uh her being addicted to opium i didn't need all the dialogue because because it really honestly in reality did not play much of a part into this tale he he okay. wasn't Go super. Ahead. He wasn't super happy with his wife. You didn't it really didn't happen until after the OK Corral. All that, all that stuff. We really didn't need to know about how he had his married his wife and how all three of the women looked the same and all that stuff. We needed we needed to know more. In my opinion, we needed to know more about the Earps and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. We could have spent that twenty minutes showing. More about McMaster's, showing more about Johnny Ringo, showing more about Sheriff Behan, and and kind of giving us the lay of the land. It's not that I, I, it's not that they didn't do a good job at it. It just was kind of like it was kind of like Jingle Keys. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure because when they show them arriving in Tucson, 
Um, and they stop and they do the whole thing where they look at each, at the the three of them with their wives in the window. Mm-hmm. I mean, that basically is like trying to represent a new start for them, right? So that's that's the whole part of why it's reason for wanting to to make this move, right? Okay, bring the family together, make some money, have a new start, not have to worry about being a lawman anymore. That that kind of thing. So it's a, kind of that aspirational bit. Now, I, even though I wasn't too jazzed about how they did this whole love story thing between him and Josephine, they had to have her being that addict, not because only she, because she was really addicted to it in real life, and that's how she died. Um, but it it gave him kind of with the audience that's, it made that you, sympathy that, yeah. okay, it's okay for it's him. It's okay if you cheat on her because she's a heroin yeah, addict. Right. No, no I, I get that. But what I'm saying is you didn't need any of that. Because the whole scene in the birdcage, the whole scene was probably, what, 10 minutes long? Yeah. Between... The, the the conversation between power uh, between uh, Curly Bill and Johnny Ringo mm-hmm. and the introduction to the Jason Priestley character and the the fact that all the Earps and Doc Holliday and his girl are up in the balcony and they're talking about this that never happened mm-hmm. that didn't happen no it didn't so why d- just because you wanted to feature the birdcage that's uh, probably why yeah, I mean but, it's I mean, it's a but but we could have we could have gotten. Um, we could have gotten some backstory on Johnny Ringo. We could have, we mm-hmm. you could have brought another Earp brother in that was actually there. You could have, you know what I mean. I just the feel one like, who missed the OK Corral because he was having lunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could have, you, you could have given me. You wanted to make a three and a half hour epic, but yet the things you cut out were the important stuff, not a, a scene that never happened at what is going to turn into a brothel. That I didn't like. I do, however, understand it because that kind of gave the women something to want to see this movie for. There's a love story in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, but it, even it, as a woman, I didn't find it all that appealing because it wasn't... It wasn't like real to, or... I mean, yeah, I, I get that. But. I don't know about you. I mean, I think... Don't get me wrong. I, I think um, he did a great job playing wider. I think it was great. But as a like romantic lead... Even though he he's played great, Kurt Russell's played great romantic leads before. He's he's a very good, very versatile actor. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Wyatt Earp to me was in this movie was all that much of a romantic, you know, oh, you know, swoony, you know, kind of thing. I mean, they they try to set him up, and I think this is probably more Kurt Russell's doing as the secret director of this thing to make him look good, like. You know, the first thing we really see him doing is smacking some guy because he's smacking a horse, right? And, of course, you know, we know that cinematic language for this is a good guy. He stands up for animals. Right. Right? No, no I agree. <laughs> and, I agree. And, um, you know, I... Well, I, it was, I think it was his horse, too. So. It was really more of a bromance, and that's really what we got into with Doc Holliday and, and White Earp. True. That was more compelling, and he was better in that. I don't think. I think that the scenes with him and Dana Delaney were not at all. The ca- there was no chemistry. There really yeah. wasn't, and the dialogue between the two of them wasn't that fantastic. Mm-hmm. But but that wasn't the meat of the story in either. So yeah. I, I I get it. Um, the other thing that I didn't like was on the night where Virgil got shot and Morgan got shot, 
everybody gets pissed off at Wyatt because of what happened. He's the one who told him not to get involved. <laughs> God damn it, Wyatt. I can't believe I got shot. Motherfucker, you're the one who went and became Marshall. <laughs> wait, wait, hello? I did not like that storyline because now it's almost like they had to give you a reason that well, he was going to go on the vendetta ride. They were mad at Wyatt because Wyatt, no, because it was Virgil who escalated it. That's right. Because Wyatt was trying, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Wyatt straight okay. up told him, fuck him, let him, let him sober up. Yeah. They're going to get up, the, and, 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 it's and, a misdemeanor. Vir- and Virgil you... goes, they're breaking the law. And he goes, it's a misdemeanor. Yeah. Still breaking the law. Chew your meat. <laughs> Do your steaks, you know, Sam. So, Do your steaks. So I don't, I don't, I don't get that. It, it, I mean, they, they could have just been angry. Not, I didn't like that. You, you know what I mean? It was almost like the only reason that Wyatt went. They, 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 they set it up to where Wyatt goes on the vendetta ride, right? Strictly because he feels guilty about his brother getting shot. Mm-hmm. I think in real life, Wyatt probably went on a vendetta ride because he was fucking pissed. There was no I feel guilty because that scene where he's standing in the rain Mm -hmm. that was only 20 feet wide, if you noticed. The rain was only 20 feet wide. (laughs) There's a lot. There's a lot. And and you know what? I got to go back and watch this again. Yeah. Yeah, I got to go back and watch this again because on this one, I didn't only read the trivia. I read the goofs. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of things like I guess there's like seven different sun angles right. in the scene where they're looking at each other in the mirror because of the times of the day that they. But whatever, <laughs> um, it's just it'd be fun to see the stuff. Um, he he would not walk out into a street and go, oh, I can't believe he would have been Wiping like the you, blood off. Yeah, his he'd hands, have been like yeah. you motherfuckers. You son-. he'd have been, he'd have been pissed. Mm-hmm. So I don't I didn't like how they portrayed him that way. I, I think it should have been. Because it's not looked upon well when a guy gets angry, hops on a horse, and goes and kills sixty men. Right. You know what I mean. Right. And I know well, that they did it that way, but that but that was today, not eighteen ninety. It's the same thing with Michael Rooker's character, right? That he's um, when because they they kind of leave it up to your decision slash imagination when you're first introduced to the cowboys and they're um, disrupting the wedding. Um, and they kill the groom and they're dragging the bride off. Um, you know, Michael Rooker looks very uncomfortable and kind of joins Curly Bill. And, yeah. Um, but so since the women were never shot at, though, it gives Michael Rooker a reason to um, kind of cross over, which they, they say they there's no way of knowing if he was really a, a cowboy that crossed over because he wanted to help White Earp. Right, but it gives him the, I don't, you know, you don't shoot at a woman that's, you know, they give him that Hollywood, he's going to be a good guy now yeah. because that's his morals. And, you know, I, I don't think that scene was needed either in the yeah. beginning to imply that they were going to rape the woman. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, you, you just killed six guys at the wedding and then shot the priest. We get it. You're the bad guys. Well, the, the priest got shot last. And I was funny. I know. It was funny because Curly Bill's the one, not Curly Bill, uh, it was Ringo. Johnny Ringo shot him. Shot him. And even though he was they, he was very much, you know, he was kind of like wild card, right? Yeah. <laughs> In that scene. Because you he talking on and on about not doing it and then doing it because he just ultimately annoyed him. So. Yeah. Shot Father Guido Sarducci. Yep, and and <laughs> no, Father Guido Sarducci was a little bit more of a priest than that guy was. <laughs> um, it was it, it was. I thought that that was kind of funny because they gave they showed you that 
in that scene, they showed you to me that the Cowboys did have a moral compass to a degree. Right. Like, they were going to shoot the guys because they killed two Cowboys. But they left the priest. And when Johnny shoots him, Curly Bill goes, Jesus, Johnny. You know, like, Mm -hmm. we didn't come here to kill the priest, bro. Um, you, you know what I mean? And the other guys are like, um, hey, did what, what, what the fuck just happened? You can see the look <laughs> on their face like, are we, are we supposed to leave now? Or can we have some chicken? Uh, I'm not quite sure what, you know what I mean? It was, it was a very weird vibe. And I think that they did that scene yeah. really well. It was a very, but, but yeah, I, I just think that those, those were things that they added into the movie that I really, I could have, I could have done without. I, I mean, to me, and it doesn't surprise me because my favorite Rambo is number two. Even though First Blood's fantastic, number two just always holds a place in my heart. I think number one's a better movie, mm-hmm. but number First Blood's a better movie. But number two is just to me, it's just so much fun and, and ridiculous and how it goes over the top. They did that little love story in Rambo two where he meets the girl because she's the guide, and then she gets killed, so he takes her necklace. And now I'm fighting for you. No, no, you're not. Same director. So mm-hmm. okay, here you know, here we go. <laughs> And that's not me crapping on First Blood. I just think that that was one little scene that we really didn't need. But we got to put the love story in there. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk uh, your ultimate smarmy bad guy in this whole thing. And uh, it's, it's uh, Johnny. Johnny Ringo. Johnny Behan. He's just, oh he's, yeah, John James, James yeah, yeah yeah he he uh, John Tenney does a really good job of he's a little being, bitch being uh, that God makes your skin crawl out for himself ultimately a coward. <laughs> I you know what I just noticed this time this was the first time as many times I've seen this movie that I noticed that he was a cowboy. And I guess it should have made sense to me a lot sooner because towards the end of the movie, all the cowboys are wearing badges because he's deputized them all. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, it never, it just never clicked. But the last scene where they do the handshake on the horse where Ike drops his red, red mm-hmm. bandana, they're chasing Ike and Behan. Oh, and, I didn't notice it was Behan. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I, and I, I just noticed it was Behan this time for the first time. So, um, Ike is annoying as a character because he should have been killed so many times and yeah. they let him go. They said that he was drunk on set most of the time. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> they said they had a real problem because he always showed up to his scenes drunk. Um, Thomas Hayden Church is amazing in this. Thomas Hayden small, Church is amazing in everything amazing he does. He's amazing in a lot of things. He's yes. a great actor. He really is. Um, he, he does a very, very good job in this um, great scene with him and uh, Val Stephen Kilmer. Stephen freaking Foster. <laughs> That's what he says. Yeah. How about Camp Town Races? You know, Stephen Foster. Stephen stinking Foster. And he goes, you know, Chopin. Frederick fucking Chopin. <laughs> Just another brilliant line from Doc Holliday in that movie. Well, they say that the... Um, the significance of it being Chopin is Chopin also died of tuberculosis. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he actually was playing a Chopin song, um, yeah. sonnet in E minor for lovers that are, I don't know, something crazy. Yeah, yeah. Lovers that have lost their way. Yeah, with yeah. a light and opium yeah. in Tombstone on a Tuesday. Yeah. With my little tin, tin drinking <laughs> cup. <laughs> 
that was that's a great scene with the scene you were talking about where they're yeah, speaking back and forth. Yeah. And, and then and then then because you're not expecting that. You're saying, oh shit's about to happen. Shit's gonna go yeah. down. And then Doc Holliday just diffuses it. Even Curly Bill in the scene just starts laughing. Let's get out of here. I, I, yeah, it's it's a great scene and it's so much. Um, I I'm gonna hold off because I I want to talk about this a little bit later. Oh so, okay. Yeah. Um. There, yeah, a lot of good good scenes in the in the um, in the Oriental, which is you know that that scene with uh, Billy Bob Thornton too, with he's him being dead abusive. That whole dealer. Everything that from the from you when you first hear. When when Wyatt walks over into the I think what did he was it the Oriental the Oriental yes where he walks into the Oriental to the point where they he says you may go now <laughs> that whole section is cinematic gold <laughs> if you back that queen one more time I'm gonna blast your ass and I'm gonna blast you up that Wildcat's ass did you notice why he said that because there's a big stuffed yep. mountain lion up on the wall. Yeah. Jesus Christ, it's like I'm playing with my sister's, sister's kids over here or something. <laughs> it, it, I, I get that. I told you to get that damn cigar out of my... It just, did, it's just perfect. And he and he ad-libs most of it, right? I don't know if he ad-libs most I, of it That's what I not. heard, is that he, he, he was kind of given like just a loose just like well, the just the direction be abusive yeah and like he, him like him or not billy billy bob thornton's a very accomplished and talented actor yes, in my opinion uh, i don't know about his ad libs ad lib ability but um I, it's weird how close that character is to his character in bad santa <laughs> i mean the 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 I mean, it kind of the the dialect is the same and the 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 tempo is the same. But yeah, I mean that whole that whole scene involved him to me is just it's gold, just absolute gold. Yeah, that's you gonna good. skin that smoke wagon? Are you gonna stand there and bleed? <laughs> just I'm, I, yep. I mean it, Mister. I mean it. No, yep. you, no, you don't. You've already said it three times. Here's a screen ran article. Billy Bob Thornton completely ad libbed his scene stealing. Um, wow. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. I thought um, everybody that was in this, I thought, did a, a good job with the acting. Mm-hmm. There was no character that I'm like, you know what? They could have cast that better or whatnot. And even though Ike was annoying as shit, nailed it. He nailed it. Because yeah. you, they wanted you to hate Ike. They wanted you to hate him. And yes, he should have died several times. But, you know, always seems like. It was he, just so frustrating. It was like, oh, yeah. God damn, why are you letting well, him somebody go just again? Shoot that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know that originally they cast William Defoe as Doc Holliday. Yes, I heard that. And Disney, because it was touched on, or Hollywood Pictures, right, said if they cast him in the movie, they refused to distribute it because he was in The Last Temptation of Christ. Right. All right. Okie day. So I have a bit of trivia. Oh, hit me with it. Do you want to hit the trivia? I, I do. Hit me with the trivia. Okay. So we know that because of his role in Doc Holliday, mm-hmm. that Val Kilmer got his role in Batman. He was offered Batman because of that, because Schumacher saw it and thought he'd, he'd nailed it. Do you know what's funnily coincidental about that? Um, I read it and I don't remember it. It does have something to do with, um, it does have something to do with Batman, but go ahead. Adam Weed. Adam, Adam. West. Uh, Adam West. Uh, he played Doc Holliday. He played Doc Holliday not once, but twice. Yeah. And potentially three times. I 
um, and then went on to become I did read TV's that. Batman. Yes. Yes. yes, Adam West plays, played Doc Holliday on three Warner Brothers westerns, which aired on ABC. It was Sugarfoot, for Colt Forty Five, and Lawman. Nice. Yes, I did read that, and I always forget to put that stuff together. Trivia. Yeah, trivia. <laughs> you know that uh, all the lightning mm-hmm. and all the mustaches on set were real. No prosthetics. No prosthetic hair yeah. faces. No hair lips. Now, they said that, that the director really wanted to, to be um, authentic with that, <laughs> but then you've got Curly Bill with those boots with the... the I almost said ace bandages. Uh, um, c- playing cards on the front of them. I, is that? Is it? Is that true to what they would have made in those days? Uh, I, I don't mean, I mean, if you had the money, uh, uh, what are the, um, an all? Is it? No, it's not an all smith. I can't remember who it is. A, a leather, a leather worker probably would have made whatever you wanted if you were willing to pay for it. I mm-hmm. mean, that's what they were there for. Um, one thing that was authentic was the director uh, and the the, the the cassette made them all wear wool, and they were shooting in the summertime. And Val Kilmer said, "I know why they were all pissed off now because they were wearing <laughs> wool in the in the desert and they were hot as shit." <laughs> um, I I think that they got the sets right. I think the sets look great. I I really think the production values on this were really good. I, I liked yeah. the acting. I mean, the dialogue was kind of campy and cheesy at times, and you know they did the campy and the cheesy things. Right. But I think overall, the, the movie put together was 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 well done. Yes, it's not one hundred percent historically accurate, but you know, very few things that I mentioned I, I would change about it personally. Yeah, I I mean it was it was good. Um, like I said, there were some parts of it I was kind of like, okay, what you know, <laughs> yeah. I'll sit through it and that's fine. But I mean. Overall, I mean, I think it was just much more of a, would have been much more of a compelling story if you really focused more on, on the the depth and and trying to understand um, some of those key characters a little bit better. I can understand that. So, uh, do you have questions, or do you have any other trivia you want to add? Um, I think there was some trivia, but I kind of forgot it. Um, I think we hit most of it. Okay. The, uh... You music cat? No. I, I, I'm just kind of rolling over my mind. Uh, I think, I think we interjected most of it, you know, about the, the directors and, um, the things like that. Uh, there's a handful of goofs in the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, pool, billiards would not have existed the way they showed it. They mm-hmm. would not have had the solids and the stripes. I think it was basically just, you know, hit the ball and put it in the pocket. Um Yeah, I don't I don't have a, I don't have a lot to interject. Okay. Um one of the things I got to try to find it here is that and I found it on TV tropes. Um was the one thing that you had in common between Ringo and Doc Holliday too was kind of a 
kind of a death wish, I guess, you know, right. between two of them. Because obviously with, with Doc Holliday, you've got him dealing with his tuberculosis and knowing that that's probably going to take him down, right? Yeah. So better die with your boots on kind of a thing. That's exactly, um, yep. And, they, and it would make sense, you know, too, that, that Ringo might be that way because he was, you know, kind of in and out, but also known as a vicious killer. So then right. he was always kind of ready to, to kind of get into it. Um, and that the two of them would, you know, face off cinematically would, would make sense. Right. right. I did have a question. I have a couple actually. Okay. Um, one of them is, um, after you get, uh, Doc Holliday, um, coughing up blood in tombstone and he's in bed and the doctor's telling him they he has to give up smoking and drinking and staying up late and all that stuff. He, I know he tells the doctor to go and stuff like that, but as soon as he leaves, Big Nose Kate, uh, I don't know if she gives him a cigarette or she gives him a drink. She gives him a cigarette and then basically starts diddling him. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, is, is she just trying to kill him is she <laughs> does she not care um, that's just you know, like you don't really get a whole feel for big nose kate and their relationship right she's there she's loyal but at the same time you know she's doing all the wrong things for him i think that there's my personal take on that is that's a that's a two-part answer number one is she knows that that's what doc wants to do Mm-hmm. And I think that she truly loves him. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows he's going to die, and she knows that he doesn't want to lay in a bed mm-hmm. and not live his life, basically, which is the message that he gives, right? A Wyatt at the end, right? Number two, I think that she's enabling him because she doesn't want to lay in a bed and watch him die, and he's her moneymaker. Mm-hmm. So if he stops gambling and drinking and smoking or whatnot, she's kind of out on her ass Mm -hmm. more or less so i think it's her kickstarting him into doing what he wants to do kind of like a tit for tat type situation there Mm -hmm. it's what that's what i think i I could be wrong yeah but i I mean it's it's funny but i just it it just like as soon as I like she would she is you know what we would call in these modern times an enabler oh one hundred percent time so it's it was just interesting to me the other thing was is they make a huge deal um, in the beginning when Wyatt first gets to Tombstone that he does not want to shoot right he does not want to use his gun yeah he he says I I, I had to take a man's life once and you don't want yeah. you don't want to have to deal with that You're correct however. And I'm sure it's all in the, you know, likelihood to be protecting his friend. When you first have that face-off between Doc Holliday and Ringo, and they're meeting Curly Bill at the Pharaoh table, he is the one making sure that the gun is underneath the table, right? And Okay, go ahead. But it just just seemed like, okay, wait a minute, what? You know? (laughs) Well, number one, it's the West. Yep. Okay. So it's fairly lawless. So you're sitting there with a whole bunch of money. It was no different than the guys that had um, uh, gold mines. Mm-hmm. They didn't walk around without a pistol. Right. You know, Wyatt didn't, 
he didn't sheriff air quotes right. without without a weapon. Um, he had a street sweeper there. He had a shotgun underneath the table. So if somebody was going to play some games, he was going to take them out. Mm-hmm. And I think that he was just preparing himself. I don't think. And 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 again, it's a situation where, um, you described him earlier as they said he was a a fair. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't have the gun just so he could just shoot people. Right. He had the gun so that he could shoot people. Right. If necessary. He, he didn't shoot, it wasn't, shoot first and yeah. ask questions later. Yeah, yeah, let's let's figure out what we got going on and then discuss whether we need to, you know, right. shoot each other in the face. Okay. That's what I think. All right. So you're looking up something. Are you doing your box office? Uh yeah. Why didn't why you, you why you, didn't you do your homework? Why don't you tell everybody in the world that I fucked up? <laughs> why don't you go ahead? Hey guys. <laughs> hey guys, this is Greg from uh, Honey You Should Watch this. Hey he I, puts I fucked so up so little effort into the things that I won't well, start. <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a hard time finding out what it, there it is right there. Okay. Wow, not bad. Not bad. Um, a lot of people say that Val Kimmer should have been nominated for his role. He should have fucking won. That was something that I was going to look up too. In the he last was. Ne- days there was busy. that. The film got zero nominations, yeah. so he wasn't even nominated. Uh, see that kind of sucks. Who were the who were the best supporting actors that year? Uh oh god. I don't know, but I do know that Adam's Family Values was nominated for Best Art Direction and Set Decoration. That's all I know. That movie sucked. That movie was so bad. Yeah, a little bit. Ugh. A little bit. Okay, so what do you say? Just pause for a second. Okay. Look that stuff up. Okay, here you go. Oh, we found it. Um, best supporting actor for in the year that Kilmer should have been nominated, Tommy Lee Jones won the best supporting actor Oscar for his performance in The Fugitive. Nineteen ninety four. Okay. Other nominees were What's Eating Gilbert Grates, Leonardo DiCaprio, Schindler's List, Ralph Fiennes, In the Line of Fire's John Malkovich, and In the Name of the Father's Pete Postlewaite. I have never seen In the Name of the Father, but I honestly can't argue with the other four. Can't, ar- can't argue with the other four. Oh. We're dealing with a fugitive, just as sure as I know that that's an anaconda over there. Check, check every in-house, in-house, out-house, shit-house, whore-house, bath-house. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear a story about the fugitive? Okay. You want to hear a true story? Okay. Okay, just a little bit of trivia. All right. So I got sent to Japan as part of a regular rotation in 1993. Mm-hmm. And because of World War II, Japan is no longer allowed to have an army. So we have to, they're allowed to have a defense force. That's it. So we have to send our military over there uh, to, we, to, to protect them. So as part of that regular rotation, we send people in and out every six months as, as part of the Marines. And I got sent to Japan. So what they did was um, everything in the military is hurry up and wait, as everybody knows. Long story short, they staged us at the base theater and we were waiting on a uh, chartered 747 because we were sending three squadrons of Marines over there. So they just charter the plane and then they send us. And we go, you know, take off. We go across country. We go to Arizona. We, we landed in Arizona. We landed in Alaska. We landed in Japan. So we're waiting on the plane. We're waiting on the plane. We're waiting on the plane. It's taking forever. It's taking forever. So they said, hey, we're in the base theater. We'll just go ahead and show you a movie. Okay, great. So they put on The Fugitive. We're like, dope, right? <laughs> They told us about 15 minutes before the end of the movie that we had to go ahead and pack up our stuff. It was time <gasps> to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. 
That sucks. That's fucked up, right? <laughs> then they send us to Japan where there's no real theaters over there that we can go to. And it's a year before it comes out on video. <laughs> I had no idea what happened to that movie. I was so angry. All right. Uh, you want to do box office? I think that is the next logical All step. Right, box to- office. Uh, Tombstone. It made $56,505,065. Not very much. I don't know what the budget was. I did not find the budget. I think I can find the budget for you. Now, this movie released on December 18th mm-hmm. of um, 1993. The budget number was one, $25 million. $25 million. Okay, so that's a win. I'd call that as a win as a, as a production studio. Um, uh, the number one movie of 1993, it almost beat the number one movie of 1993, which was Jurassic Park. <laughs> Not even close. It was the number 86 movie of, of 1993, but again, it released on December 18th. So it only had two box office weeks. For 1994, it made 40 million, which was number 37 for the year, which isn't bad. Um, the number one movie of 1994 was The Lion King. If you put the extra um, 16 million on 1994, it ends up at number 21 coming in just, or number 22 coming in just ahead of Four Weddings and a Funeral, just behind Dumb and Dumber. Um, this seems to get fairly decent critical acclaim mm-hmm. uh it's rates higher than Wyatt Earp did I imagine that probably because Wyatt Earp is like three hours and change that's a long time uh Wyatt Earp is more of a of a biopic it's more about yeah that the Earp family itself Wyatt Earp was not supposed to be a theatrical release it was supposed to be a miniseries mm. I wonder, now these came out very close to each other, mm-hmm. like within six or seven months of each other. I wonder if that's why they decided to go ahead and release them in the theaters. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. Would you watch it again? Um. Yeah, I'd watch it again because I think there's a lot of stuff I missed the first time around, so. I would watch this movie again so hard. <laughs> 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 Okay, so your uh, let me do my favorite moments first because I always feel like I'm the one that's going last on this. Okay, you got it. Um, so my favorite moments um were I I really felt Powers Booth in the the Curly Bill howling at the moon scene when he gets out of the opium den and he's just shooting and staring at the moon and hooting and hollering. He does an amazing acting job in Powers that Booth? scene. Yeah, He's a good in actor. that in that scene, you can you can t- you know it it takes because a lot of people just when you when you're acting and you're acting like you're under the influence of something, it takes finesse to really pull that off without it looking like you're trying to act like you're high or you're drunk or right. you're, you know what I mean. You've yeah. got to kind of grab the essence of what is propelling that character inside them Agreed. and changing the way that they walk, talk, perceive what's around them and all that stuff. So I think he just, it is amazing acting job. What you just said there. is true. That's what makes uh, Nicholas Cage's performance in leaving Las Vegas. So good to me. Never saw it. So, Oh, well you're not going to watch it, but, <laughs> but you're right. It does take finesse. So you think that that's a really good scene, even though he had, Two revolvers that shoot six shots each, and he shot 20 shots without reloading. 
It's Hollywood, man. <laughs> it's a magical gun. Yeah. Um, just doc, like just doc. just like the guy in the opium den on the vendetta ride thought he was smoking a pipe and had a gun in his mouth. So right. you know, <laughs> Doc Holliday Magic shot gun. shot three shots out of a two uh, double barrel shotgun at OK Corral without reloading. <laughs> it's all right. It's Hollywood. You're right. Go ahead. But you also have to consider that Wyatt Earp only had four, uh, five shots in his thing because he always talked about having the one chamber empty. Who who when when was this? Wyatt Earp. In the, didn't he say in the beginning of like somewhere in the beginning of the film that he always had one left one chamber empty, so it was like a safety. Never heard that line in my life. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'm wrong. You might have heard it somewhere else. I might it have. I'm else. gonna now. It's I'm gonna in, have to look it up. It's not in the movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So um, I think as we were talking about before, um, after the scene and the post scene um, with Johnny Tyler, which is the um, the Billy Bob Thornton character comes back for Wyatt after getting thrown out of the Oriental. Um, and Doc Holliday makes his entrance and they're sitting there talking and all of a sudden you see that Johnny still got his got the shotgun and he's pointed at it and he's like, oh. Just kind of just kind of yeah. laying there limp, pointed at the ground. Yeah. Oh, Johnny, I apologize. I forgot you were there. You, you may go now. You may go now. That was one of the most offhanded and casually insulting <laughs> Oh. lines it's so awesome it just, i don't think yeah. there was any casualty to that insult <laughs> at all i think he, oh, it was just a casualty oh, yeah, delivery just, yeah oh it was um <laughs> and it was perfect it was it was it was yeah. absolutely nailed by val kilmer yeah yeah okay and then um last but not least is the um the gun uh gun slinging versus cup slinging scene between uh doc holiday and uh johnny ringo where johnny you know does the impressive flippies and whatever you'd call it with yeah. the gun flippies. It's a technical term flippies. It is trademark. Yeah. Patent pending. <laughs> TM. Um, and then it's, it's a, and then you've got doc holiday just defusing the situation with humor. Right. And at the same time, kind of mocking Ringo, but I mean, at, everybody's laughing at it because he's just being, you know, just so offhanded. That's kind of some way that you can disarm with humor, right? Yes. You saw that a lot, you know, in Game of Thrones with, uh, the, with, uh, Tyrion, right? Yes. Always, uh, you know, when he was up against an opponent where you didn't want to get into it being, you know, clashing of swords or whatever you, uh, you, disarm with humor yes and i thought it was that was just a great scene and it was unexpected you didn't expect yeah. that either did you you thought oh shit's about to go down this mm-hmm. is this is how it starts and then yeah yeah it could have been like a um yeah uh indiana jones type thing where he's flipping his gun and he just goes Pow! yeah right <laughs> which is a, which is a great story a trivia in his cinematic history as well you know the story behind that right yeah okay yeah um okay i i cheated this week you cheated I have fo- oh you cheated i have four you have four. Yeah, I, I'll 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 let it slide. I know. Um, number four. <laughs> number four was the scene right after Curly Bill had shot the marshal. Okay. Yep. And Wyatt went out and picked up the gun and was telling everybody, "Go back inside. We got this handled." And Ike goes, "You let him go, law dog. You let him go." And he walks up and he says, "He says, um, nope, it's not happening. We're you know blah blah blah." And he goes, "We'll kill you." And he cocks the hammer and puts it right up on Ike's forehead and said, 
they might get me, Ike, but not before I turn your head into a canoe. And Ike, <laughs> Ike literally shit and pissed himself instantaneously. Oh, no, no, he'll do it. He'll kill me. He'll kill me. Back off, back off, everybody. <laughs> Just the delivery of that line, that not before I turn your head into a canoe. <laughs> I Brilliant. Um, number three were the three scenes they with between Doc and Johnny. Okay. Okay. Um, not necessarily the three scenes. The scene in the streets where he says, you know, mm-hmm. for blood, and then when they face off, just how it had, was seamless, how they carried the dialogue, they, they kind of finished, and then it just started over again. Like, oh, I beg, I beg to differ. Mm-hmm. We started a game we never finished. Uh, I, I think that it was almost like uh, they were, what is it, the yin and the yang, where you have mm-hmm. the white and the black? Mm-hmm. It's almost, th- that's how they had those two portrayed. They, they really did. Uh Number two, and unfortunately we've matched a lot this week, yeah. was the, fa- the the entire Pharaoh scene. The entire from when he walked in, like I said earlier. And and then not only does he insult him and say, oh, Johnny Tyler, I forgot you were standing there. You may go. And he goes, he goes, thank you, thank you. And Wyatt chips in and goes, leave that shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes to hand it to him. He goes, basically like, Motherfucker, I didn't tell you to hand it to me. I just told you to set that shit on the ground. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's basically what he says. He says, no, just set it down. Because um, he goes, Doc, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, Wyatt, I'd like you to meet my friend, Johnny Tyler. And he goes, Wyatt Earp? You know, like, <laughs> what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> what uh, did I stumble into? Just, and and his, 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 his words when he was screaming at him, and, and it was just... He slaps him. You gonna you gonna skin that smoke wagon? You gonna stand there bleed? It, I loved it. And then of course, number one was was the scene with the 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 it, the uh, Italian back and forth or the Latin back and forth, and then the cup uh, mm. because they always say you know all show no grow. You know that mm-hmm. that saying. Johnny's doing all that stuff with his gun. And that really don't mean nothing if you can't draw faster and hit the guy. Right. And Doc's just like, nah, fuck it, I got a cup. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just and and I think the thing that really killed me was the look on their two faces. When Johnny was doing his, you could tell it was about I'm showing off. Because he kept Cocky he kept looking cock. around, he yeah. had that smirk, and Doc was just like all right, I'll do this again. But just, One more time. And he just know. stands there, expressionless. It was I, I loved it. I think if you're going to have an honorable mention uh, for, for the other Val Kilmer line is when they're outside after the marshal gets shot and <clears throat> Wyatt's got his gun on Ike and his brother's oh. there. And Doc Holliday comes out and he's like, you're not going to be able to shoot me. You're drunk. So he pulls out, got another one. He says, you're so drunk, you're probably seeing double. Double. Yeah. He he pulls out two guns, (laughs) one for each of you. (laughs) Just can't even stand up and he's still ready to throw down. I don't, I can't argue against the other nominations. And you know that this didn't get, he didn't get a nomination because it was Tombstone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But he, he, I, he deserved it. He absolutely destroyed, destroyed that role. He made that movie better than what it was. I, yeah. I personally believe. If, if Val I would Kilmer, agree with that. If Val Kilmer's not in that role doing what he did, this movie is an, a, an average movie, mm-hmm. but it's not like I've seen that movie 30 times. Because I don't watch that movie, even though I love Kurt Russell, I don't watch that movie for Kurt Russell. I watch that movie for, for Val Kilmer. 
Oh, it's the same way that Heath Ledger is the really made. I mean, the he, Dark Knight. He what it was, he destroyed that yeah. role, and you're, yeah. you're absolutely right. And he deserved it. I don't know. I don't think he won it. He deserved it. Uh, no, he won it. He well, he deserved it. But then again, that's a Batman movie. You're gonna watch that movie. Yes, right. Heath Ledger was uh, uh, incredible. But yes, I I I can agree with what you're saying. All right, cool. So, um, I think we're at the point now where I have a question for you, and that is, you have a question for me? No. What do I get to watch? Okay, well, this is going to be an if-then scenario. Okay, because you think I might have seen the first one. Nope. If we can get our guest in here, I've been talking with our lovely little friend Barb. Okay. And about maybe her coming on here. So we've been talking about movies, and I think I might have convinced her to maybe come on and talk about Split. Ooh. But I, need, if, I need to watch the first one then. You don't necessarily need to watch the first no, one, but you, I need okay. to watch the first you one. You can watch the first one without me. Um, <laughs> you might like it. I did not like it. Yeah, I know that was I, a long time ago, and you I, were a completely I different person. I almost walked out of the theater on that one. I just, you know, it just, it, it. Did it, you watch? It, did you see the whole thing? I did. I watched oh, the whole okay. thing. Oh, I thought you. Yeah. Th- I thought you. No, it I off. watched the whole movie. No, I went to the theater and saw that and okay I, I i just think it was the feel of it i didn't like the way the movie made me feel understood um n- not saying that it is an, an interesting story because it is um has she seen split uh yes she uh she is the one who who made me watch split and we were hanging out one night and she put that in so we we might she might choose something else so if we get there possibly split yeah i don't if, know i'm not a big fan of mush mud night Shyamalan. M-, M-, M night, M night. I said you got bigger problems, like that seven ten split you just left. That's that's um, a Scrubs. That's from Scrubs. Everybody. Yes. Um, so a lot of times we'll reference things and we leave people in the dark. So hopefully, get smarter. Get smarter. <laughs> um, the other one is if we can't line it up, then um, if I can't get this lined up before the end of the weekend, then I will say that you're watching Fargo. Ooh, I would like to watch Fargo. I would like to see that. I've never seen that. All right. So it could be one. It could be the other. Sorry, I'm not more concrete, but. The surprise we will have, be. We have fan. Uh, illuminated when have, you see the title of next week's. <laughs> we have a plan. We just haven't got it fully formed yet. But we have a plan. All right. Okay. Okay. So um, we, uh, as always, uh, are on social media. Uh, we haven't been. Uh, as active as uh, we could be, so hopefully that will change in the next couple of weeks. Um, it's just a really uncertain time, and we're working from home, and it's kind of... It's weird, and, right? Things are kind of all blending together, but um, might go back to the office soon, so we don't know. Um, but I will. if you want to follow us, uh, you can find us on Instagram, at HoneyWatchThis, on Twitter, at HoneyWatchThis, and we also have a Facebook page, um, I am at T5FF underscore Angel on Twitter and Marketing underscore Angel on Instagram to you, my dear. I am GBishop72 on Twitter and uh, I have an Instagram. I don't even know what it is. That's how often I use it, so don't bother. <laughs> I. You should just go on there and have fun with filters, you know. Just just throw yourself back. 
you know, 15 fun, years or so. And Fun with filters. That sounds like an episode <laughs> of uh, This Old House with Bob Vila. <laughs> Anywho. All right. So if you um, listened and you liked us, uh, please make sure to follow us. We are or subscribe. We are on any pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. Um, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, won't you rate and review? And I Yes, please and thank you. Yes, please. Thank you. Um, and we'll see you next week for possibly Split uh, or Fargo. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you next week. Arrivederci. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>